0: Hi, and welcome to my podcast episode on the grow. I'm Grace Lee. We're kicking off a new series here on the podcast called falling in love series. If you're new here, I launch my podcast episodes in different seasons that focus on a certain topic. For this season, we are already in the fall months. So I figured we keep the theme going with talking about falling in love with our current life situations, people, hobbies, and more. This season will cover the process of what it's like falling in love with something or someone and the growth that stems out of that learning experience. In this episode called, I fell in love with New York City, I talk about that moment when I truly fell in love with New York City, how that love didn't happen instantly. process of falling in love with where you currently are, like New York, can change you. Before I dive into today's podcast episode, I have to do a life recap first. It finally happened. I know you were waiting to hear all the details from the Chicago Marathon, so here it is. I'm officially a marathoner. It feels amazing to cross that off my bucket list. Crossing that finish line was a surreal moment. Finishing strong had been something I had trained for these past four months And I gave it all that I had left at that final stretch. No amount of physical pain will ever wipe off that huge smile and happy tears off my face in that kind of moment. Even now to this day, even though it was a couple of weeks ago, I visualize it often. I visualize the exact scenario of pumping my arms and legs, eyes on that finish and my mind focused on my breathing. I replay that scene over and over again. I couldn't have asked for a more solid way to wrap on those 26.2 miles. It was my very first. I didn't want to put too much pressure on myself from the beginning. The energy in Chicago, let me tell you. I've ran many events where there are always crowds and cheering, but nothing like the one I witnessed in Chicago. Every single part of that course had a crowd, and the energy was momentous. People cheering, signs waving, and words of encouragement spewing out left and right. I have to say, it was the spectators and the crowd that boosted me towards the second half. There was not a single time when people weren't pushing you to keep going. Thank you, Chicago, for an amazing first marathon experience. And just how I had imagined it, my entire family was there waiting for me, congratulating me and being the most supportive people I could ever ask for. I'll never forget that weekend. And now that the marathon is behind me, I'm the type of person who always shifts to what's next. The next big goal I fixate on I have my eyes on beating my PR time for the United Airlines New York City half in March, so that'll be the next big race for me. Besides that, I'm so utterly grateful for a quick recovery time, no injuries, and not letting the post-marathon blues get to me, which, by the way, is very real. The day after the marathon, I felt it. I felt sad because the training was essentially over. The build-up to Chicago was gone. I bet you wouldn't even believe that I cried the day after the marathon. Not because I was in pain, but because I had been so fixated on training and preparing for this marathon that when it finally passed, I didn't know how to react. But after giving it two days, what really helped me get over that mindset was knowing that the Chicago Marathon was never the end goal. It was merely a milestone onto the next achievement. And that's the outlook I plan to continue having. I learned that fixating on one goal and putting all your energy and attention towards that one goal will leave you feeling empty one way or another. We as humans need to keep evolving. And that also means shooting for what's next. Something else to train for, build up to, learn from. Moving on to work. The social media agency has been doing well. The clients are happy with the work and the quality, and knowing that I'm helping others makes me so happy. But there are these days where I'm disheartened, and I can't help but question why I have these moments and why I feel this way. I think in my current season, I still feel indecisive of where I want to be heading. There are times when the path seems straight and I can see the runway lights shining brightly from a distance. But there are other times when the path seems too narrow, uneven, and the runway lights are barely there to see what the path looks like. When I was younger, I thought that once you reach a certain age, the goals and dreams that you have for your career became easier. You're more wise with experience under your belt, and the decision-making becomes easier. Boy, was I wrong. The decision-making might not necessarily become easier, but the experiences you learn along the way will definitely help determine those decisions. As I grow older, I realize that it didn't matter what age you were. Being 29 doesn't mean you know what you'll do for the rest of your life. Neither will you know at age 31 or age 38, and so forth. I love that one of my clients, Jody Harrison Bauer, who is 61 years old and a badass, by the way, retiring as a personal trainer and studio owner as reinvention. She is so excited to reinvent her life at the age of 61, almost 62. And that's how I wanna perceive my life too. I don't ever want age to restrict me or confine me in a box because I'm too old or I'm too young. Right now, I'm in yet another transition with my business, something that you'll soon realize as a small business owner, by the way, your business will always continue to pivot and evolve and you have to learn how to adapt to the changes. This transition, however, has me really excited for what's to come. I've been really preying on this and had this epiphany in the shower a few weeks ago I heard God's voice tell me directly what he wanted me to do next with the business, and ever since then, I've been itching to get started. But this step requires patience, yet another thing this business is teaching me and humbling me with. I'll have to keep you updated on that soon enough. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. There's a lot of things that interest me about New York City, but there is one particular thing that interests me more than the others. And that is how New York City can be seen as a paradox. It's both empty and fulfilling. It can end dreams just as quickly as it can start them. Living here is both simple and complicated. It can make us feel happier and more connected than any other city in the world. But at the same time, it can also be the catalyst that pushes us into a hole of depth and despair that is almost indescribable when we feel disconnected from it. So what is it about this place that leaves us hungry for more? What is it about New York City that gives you that sliver of hope that anything can happen where you can be whoever you want to be and achieve the goals you want to achieve? Why do we constantly battle between the love and hate relationship we have for this place? Things I question myself every day living here for the past five years. I moved to New York City with a typical wave of post-grad students wanting to fulfill their dreams here. My first year here, every person who asked me why I decided to move, I'd reply back with a cliché answer. I've always dreamt of moving here when I was young, or it's the fashion capital and I knew I wanted to pursue something in fashion. Year one is experimental year, as many of us know it, which means you can take those risks, stay out too late, get drunk too much, go to the cringy clubs, bars, make the mistakes with dating apps and dates, all things that many of us living here past three years would cringe at. Yep, guilty of all of it. It's kind of like when we were in high school and those drinking alcohol before 21 were dubbed as the cool kids. And many of us chugged the four locos, which were totally gross and full of sugar, by the way. I don't know why we even drank those, thinking that that's what it meant to be drinking as an adult. We had to get in drinking alcohol off our bucket list before we went to college so we could get that rebel teenager stage out of our system. We had to experience it. And that's how I view year one of New York City. But if you asked me, did I fall in love with New York City then? Nope. It was definitely not year one. In fact, year one was when I wanted to quit and leave New York City. I thought it was too difficult living here. And I hadn't even experienced the winters here yet or the summers. I honestly can't tell what's worse. Not a fan of the heat, so I take winter over summer, but the winters here can get really tough. I look back at all those times I cried during year one, living in New York City, and I can't help but laugh now. I remember wanting to leave because rent, 1650, at my one-bedroom apartment in Astoria, Queens was too much. Year 5 Grace is rolling her eyes at Year 1 Grace because I'll happily take that sixteen fifty over what I'm currently paying any day. Little did Year 1 Grace know that rent only went up from there. Or the times when I cried because dating here was too hard and tiring. If there's anything I learned after year one and year two, is that this city will toughen you up real quick. It does not give you free passes and it certainly makes you appreciate your current state to where you started out. I've seen each year as a stepping stone, inching along slowly and surely to the next challenge. Sometimes the stepping stones might break off and take longer to get to, but whatever challenge you're facing at that moment helps you find your footing again. And when you do, you're even more grateful. Living here in New York City has taught me gratitude like none other. No other place has humbled me in that department than here. Every day you're faced with challenges and hardships, even around you, You see way too many homeless people and strangers begging for scraps on streets, subways, buses, and each time you have to see it. The pity, the sorrowful looks, the sadness that starts to creep into your heart because you want to help these people, but some of them won't even help themselves first. And that's even more sad. Walking the streets of New York City is a whole other experience in and of itself. The amount of thoughts that go through my head when I'm walking around consists of, why is there always trash everywhere? Why are the ambulances so loud? What sewer scent am I about to inhale now? What is that crazy looking person at the end of the street doing? Gotta avoid the dog poop. Gotta avoid the trash. Why are these people walking so slow? They must not be New Yorkers. Ugh, tourists. And the list goes on and on and on. And to answer your question, no. That is definitely not the part where I fell in love with New York City either. Perhaps it was year three or year four when I was living on the Upper East Side, moving to the apartment I had been dreaming of a studio apartment with my two cats, Pepper and Luna, with the balcony overlooking the city. No, it wasn't then either. I realized that it wasn't having an apartment or a view that made me fall in love with New York City. It definitely helped, made me grateful to have the space after working hard to get here the first few years. When the pandemic hit in March 2020, and things started to look really scary here, I left to be with family down in North Carolina. I was in North Carolina for about four months before returning to the city in June. That summer was very guarded and an unusual summer because of everything happening with the pandemic. My appreciation for the things we used to do normally pre-pandemic grew immensely the indoor dining, riding on subways, mask-free, being near people in public settings, all of it. It was that following year, June 15, 2021, when New York City Harbor lit up with fireworks to thank essential workers for their tireless efforts throughout the pandemic, and to celebrate the official lifting of state-mandated COVID-19 restrictions. I captured the most stunning fireworks show that night, front row, down at the bottom of Manhattan. And while watching the fireworks explode in the night sky, I remember it clearly. I remember that exact moment. It was like the fireworks were moving in slow motion and the sounds and chatter around me quieted. And I remember gazing up as an uncontrollable smile just started to take control of my face. I couldn't help it. The energy I had felt from the people and the fireworks was incredible. I remember turning around and looking at the people around me, some with tears in their eyes. This city had fought so hard during the pandemic, especially our healthcare workers, who were still working tirelessly day in and day out. And strangers had come together like we were reuniting after a long battle and singing Empire State of Mind at the top of their lungs. We were all so happy. It didn't matter who you were standing next to. Everyone was chiming in, enjoying this moment that we could call our own. It was in this moment I fell in love with New York City. And this made me realize that all this time, prior to this moment, I had been waiting for something that I earned or something that I worked towards to give me that deep desire and fulfilling love for this place. But even then, I had never truly felt it. I didn't realize that I just needed to be in this moment immersed and see it for myself that this city is about the people. It's about the drive, the energy, and the freedom to be who you want to be in any given time or space. I realized it was the process from year one to now year five that helped me understand what it means to fall in love with where you currently are. I don't even recognize who I was in 2017, when I first moved here. That year one Grace, who didn't know what would come of her life moving here, is just a ripple in the past. She's grown so much, and she's definitely not done anytime soon. I heard someone recently say, if you're not embarrassed with who you were a year ago, you're not growing. And I couldn't agree more. You know what though? There are still some similarities to year one grace and current year five grace. And it's that I still don't know exactly who I want to be and what I want to do. And I've come to accept that. My goals are constantly, constantly changing. I'm constantly running towards what excites me, makes me feel alive, and also has God's blessing. I may not know what exactly I'll be doing in the future, but I'm okay with that. Some will argue that you can change a place like New York City, but I'll say that when you're done with your time here, you'll look back and say that it was New York City that changed you. Now it's your turn. Have you ever lived in New York City? What is or was your experience like? Or, if you don't live here, would you ever live in a place like New York City? Why or why not? Feel free to share with me via email at grace at or send me a DM on Instagram, at By grace Lee. Be sure to follow along and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Stay tuned and keep listening to the next episode where I cover another episode into the Falling in Love series. This time, I'll share falling in love with running, training for a marathon. And as always, if you have any questions, feedback, or topic suggestions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.